0: Hosts, Scott, Jana, and Nine.
1: You wanted the dirt on Tulsa. You got it. Let's
2: get into talking about this album. Um, I know you guys are very pumped. We've been reading reviews. We've heard some of the material ourselves. Um it is just a fantastic album. It's more of the kick-ass, feel-good rock and roll that you you can expect from Buck Cherry. And I know based on recent comments you've made, you talked a little bit about Hellbound, which was fantastic as well, but the world was really different at that time. It was kind of a dark period. Um, And and I know that had to reflect on the material, but this album is more of a return to just feel good. Life is good. Let's celebrate rock and roll when you guys heard the finished product. Did you feel like your vision for this album had come to fruition?
3: Yeah, you know, um uh, It was kind of the same process honestly, but like that it was for us on um, hellbound, you know Um, we uh, Stevie and I and Marty wrote the majority of the record. Um, am I on with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. You're good. I can't, I can't see you. Yeah. I switched Um, to
2: you on full screen. So you'll, you'll see some different shots throughout the interview.
3: All right. So anyways, yeah. Um, so we the Hellbound record was really great, but as you said, you know, it was like a dark period of time, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything else that was going on in the States. So, uh, it was good to kind of bust out of that and make a feel-good rock and roll record, and and that's what we set out to do, you know. And we started writing uh, on the uh, second half of the Hellbound tour. Stevie and I would come home and you know put a couple songs in the can here and there, and before you know it, we had like ten songs, and then we went to Nashville and uh wrote with marty for marty frederickson our producer and we've co-written a lot of songs with him we met him way back in the day on the 15 record and co-wrote sorry together to name a few and uh you know he produced the hellbound record and and co-wrote a lot of songs on that record as well so it's kind of the same process we went there for nine days and did this gorilla songwriting session and we wrote eight songs in like nine days and they all made the record they're really good and um And then we took a couple songs from the Hellbound Spillover and we kind of revamped them and made them better. And and voila, we had the Volume 10 record.
2: That's actually leading into my next question because I heard you make a recent comment that you guys actually had written about 26 songs for this album and the cream rose to the top and that's what ended up on the album. I'm curious when it comes to Buck Cherry and you guys have those extra songs left over that don't make the album, how often do those get reworked and end up on on a future album? Or do a lot of them just end up scrapped?
3: Yeah, not, not a lot. It's just uh, because, you know, we grow a lot as musicians and songwriters, you know, in two years or wh- however long it is since the last record, you know, and um, always want to start fresh because I feel like we write uh, better material the, the older we get. It's sure. weird, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, sometimes we go back and revisit it this time. There's a song called Turn It On on the record, you know, and I always thought, like, the chorus is really great, but the rest of the song needed to be rewritten, and yeah, I, I brought it to Marty's attention, and he was like, yeah, I think we can do something with this, and cool. so we worked on that, and then uh, This or That, the, the first track on the record uh, was from the Hellbound Spillover, and uh, the version we had was a little too high in my register, you know. I mean, I could sing it, but, you know, not the whole song live, you know, because it was just too high. So we changed the, uh, the key of the song and kind of maybe tweaked the arrangement a little bit, and that was it. It was a really great song, and so they made the record.
2: Marty is a very valuable asset to you guys, is he not? Because I believe uh, you've referred to him as your sixth member. Uh, do you, how how key is, is his role when it comes to working with you guys he's worked with Aerosmith too right yeah, I believe so
3: he's worked he's with Carrie Underwood, Aerosmith, Daughtry like so many and the mm. list goes on you know um, he's just you know that's the thing with Marty he's we leave and we go do a tour and represent a record and he goes he just goes and starts another record with another artist you know he's mm. always working that muscle and he's um so we'd love to be in a room with him because we just soak it up, you know, and he brings sure. out the best in us, um, for sure. And then on top of it, he really understands what's special about Buck Sherry and, and just enhances that, you know, um, and that's it, you know, right. uh, yes. When we get together, it's very much like a band situation and, and he's just the sixth guy. Like yeah. you said, it's, great.
0: it's amazing how today's, um, you know, the industry, how they release like multiple songs before an album even drops. You know, you got, you had, did your good time. Let's get wild, uh, shine your light, which were all great songs. Yeah. I love the videos for all of those. And, Thanks. you know, um, but it's interesting how before you drop maybe one song, it gets on the radio, maybe, maybe two before the album, but now it's like multiple songs on Spotify yeah. and all these things. Yeah, does that, does all, that seem to help out different. more?
3: it's a whole different climate now you know uh yeah you know we're just rolling with it every every year we have to reassess like how we're going to market a record you know it changes so rapidly you know and um and like you said you know now the norm is like dropping three or four tracks before your record drops you know and i think metallica did that on, on their latest record as well you know so um yeah, we just uh, we roll with it, and I actually kind of like it because you kind of take in the temperature of how people are going to perceive, and yeah. you know, to, to receive the record, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, a couple of songs on the album, um, you talked in some previous interviews about uh, Feels Like Love being more like your hysteria, and then yeah. um, I believe, what was it, Pain is like your November Rain. <laughs> it's kind of cool how you bring back yeah. a lot of the 80s vibe, Um in your in your music and you're and you're so yeah. loved by the 80s um uh, the 80 fans and and, and you, you know you kind of surround yourself with the skid row tour and everything but we kind of embrace you i'm an 80s guy and uh we, we all you know seem to really embrace the buck cherry yes. uh, uh all the tunes that, and everything. that's
3: cool that's cool i mean we don't consciously do that you know because we dropped our first record in 1999 and yeah you know for some reason people because we just do traditional rock and roll that they lump us in with, uh, some of those older bands, you know, and, and that's fine because they're all, they're all great bands that those that you speak of. and. You know have a lot of hits and when we do package tours it all it all works out you know so um why wouldn't you do it you, you know? know before so.
1: before we went on i was telling these two I, I you know you guys have grown as musicians and the times in the music business have changed but you guys are unmistakably buck cherry every time you put out an album you know you're not trying to put out kiss the elder or theater of pain or new coke you know, it always yes. is unmistakably yes. Buck Cherry. And so I really appreciate that, that you your, your formula doesn't really change. Right. Or, and, and so that's a really good yeah. thing. Kind of like ACDC. They don't have no ballads. You yes. know what I mean? They just stick to the formula. Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, we do have ballads and flow songs and mid-tempo sure. songs. But um, what you're saying is, uh, you know, I totally agree and I get it. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create, you know... Uh, a catalog of music and being on an island all on our own and and interact and and integrate into all, all different forms of rock music. You know, that's the way it used to be, you know, used to have, you used to have all these different bands and they were all unique in their own way. And then they would do stuff together and it would be like really cool. And, um, and, uh, combine their audiences and it all worked and and there needs to be more of that for sure well this this new
0: album it in 10 days you know the summer's getting ready to hit you you guys are a rock and roll sleazy band and and you're out getting ready to do a (laughs) we love that we love that about you (laughs) yeah i mean you get ready to tour it's a it's a summer you love the hot heat and then yeah. you just go ahead and, and you do a cover of Brian Adams and um, yeah. it's the summer of 69. So it it all kind of goes together a little bit here.
2: Definitely.
3: Yeah. That's, a, that's just such a great song and we're huge fans. And uh, we used to just throw that out there live and our manager thought one time and he's like, you got to record this song. It's amazing. And then we're like, okay. And you know, we thought we'd just do it as a bonus track, you know, on this record. And, after we finished it, you know, we, we we sped it up just a little bit, and we and we uh, put our little buck cherry flavor on it, and it it sounds like a buck cherry song now, you know, and so um, everybody everybody really liked it. Our manager, record label, so um, we we just put it on the record at the end, you know, and and people are digging it, and that's cool. That's, That's awesome. Killer.
2: You know, you've been talking a lot lately about about teaming up with uh, Skid Row. Seems like such a perfect combo. I mean, you guys just seem like you're such a good fit together. The first leg went great. You guys will be back out on the next leg in late August and, yeah. and through the fall. I'm curious – who approaches how does that work like does does one guy from Buck Cherry approach a guy from Skid Row and say hey let's put this together or is that more something like where the management teams are working together to pair you guys up
3: you know sometimes it happens that way very organically like you might do a few shows like on a cruise or whatever and then you're like dude we should like team up and we're dropping records at the same time it would be a good tour you know stuff like that you know but um I believe the managers got together because, you know, they just dropped a record not too long ago. And, um, and then here we are dropping a record and it just, it just works out, you know? And, um, so you kind of like experiment, you you book a leg, you know, like a month, we already did a month with them. And then it it sold really well. It was like a lot of sellout shows and everybody loved it. Right. So we did a, a second leg and a third leg and there's talk of a fourth leg. So, wow. Um, yeah, so I leave Thursday to start a uh, first show back with them on Friday. And then, you know, we'll do the second leg and then we'll do some Buckcherry headlining shows in there. And then we'll go back and do the third leg and, and so on. As long yeah. as it makes sense and people are. Showing up, the asses are in the seats. Then That's right. That's so good.
0: That's a good bill. It's Kid Row and so Buck good. Cherry. So good. So good. Yeah, we had Rachel on uh, not too long ago and he had nothing but high praise for you.
2: Absolutely. But, yep. um, oh, wonderful. I, yeah. You know, he's, he's
0: your guys, guy. your guys, start, you know, in L.A. is so fascinating on, on you know how you were had a job and, and you you had to work the phones and you basically didn't do your job you basically did band uh, band yeah. work instead <laughs> booking shows and stuff and i think it's really cool on how you guys you know were on the la sunset strip uh making you know, sold out shows at the viper room and the whiskey and all that and yeah. and you guys take off you get signed and you know, lit up, came out and, and it exploded onto the scene and everyone loved you. And then, you know, you get signed to a record deal, you make another album and then you disappear. And then, yeah. And then 11, seven, I believe it was at Alan Kovic or something, uh, management for uh Motley Crue or something. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Hooks- yeah he, he managed us at the time, Alan Kovac. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, no,
3: one, no one, no one would, no one would sign that record. Uh, the 15 record. So huh. uh, everybody was calling us has-beens and, knowing, and saying that you can't sell rock records and, and passed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, we got a small record deal in Japan and we got a small budget and we made that record in 15 days. That's why we called it 15. And, um, <laughs> wow. and, you know, Alan Kovacs said, fuck this, I'm, I'm going to start my own label my own independent label and we'll we'll put this out on on my label and we're like great so he started Eleven Seven, and it was the first first record and we had an upstreaming clause with Atlantic Records it was being distributed through Atlantic Mm. but they wouldn't they wouldn't they didn't want to sign it but we had an upstreaming clause in case they ever did and then of course we do all the hard work and crazy bitch starts uh taking Exploding. on a life of its own and all of a sudden everybody wanted to be our friends again
0: yeah so that's what i was going to ask you did everyone who turned their backs on you suddenly come back to you and, and say, like oh yeah by the way my friend josh
3: how you doing you know of course that's the nature of the fucking beast yeah. man yeah. Uh, for sure we we've dealt with that a lot you know and yeah um and you know, you just gotta kind of roll with it, and and just know that you know it is a business. At the end of the day, these people are, you know, uh, writing big checks and you know marketing records, and you know it's it's a lot. And I understand that, but like, you know, it's it's tough when you, um, when you have people in, in that kind of a position that that they don't really know what good songs are. They they're not they're not right. songwriters, you know. So yeah. it you know they only want to sign something if, if everybody else wants it, you know, then Flavor it makes sense. And, sure. You know? Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough thing, you know? I mean, back in the day, you know, they used to have A&R guys that knew music, you know, and, um, and that was cool. Um, and they really developed artists and stuff, but it's, it's different now, you know, and, you- and now, and now A&R guys are just completely obsolete now yeah, with it right internet i
0: mean your songwriting i love the lyrics and everything and, and you have of course your, your party songs and a lot of your party songs you know are a bit explicit <laughs> but you know you say yeah. that you're you know you you, lo- you wrote a lot of those songs when you're sober and you're you know have references of cocaine and and, and a lot of your party songs but did you you got a lot of like pushback on on some of that stuff? Like people maybe um, saying that since you're sober now that you shouldn't be singing songs like that, and, and you're like, fuck that! I, you know, I can sing these songs. I experienced this stuff. You know,
3: yeah, um, yeah, I, fuck them,
0: fuck them, uh, and congratulations on your sobriety I, I, too.
3: Yeah, I did a lot of drugs and alcohol. And, uh, you to share what you think you have the right to sing sing about it
1: absolutely you have the experience why would you not have the right to sing about something but josh
2: i do want
3: it's funny it's funny i had this very intimate relationship with drugs and alcohol for 10 years of my life right and and like i'm gonna write about it i'm gonna write about those experiences if it was a girl and i wasn't with the girl for five years or a decade and i wrote my sharona and and everybody would just be like yeah it's a great song and it's like yeah but i haven't been with her for 10 years You know, whatever
2: I do have to ask you though and I know you got you got all the wildness out of you early I mean you stopped pretty early and you've been sober for a long time but was there ever I I did
3: but I I I started really early too I started when I was 13 13.
2: right so I mean was there ever a point early in the sobriety journey where you know I mean how hard were the temptations early on when stuff just started to roll for you
3: they weren't hard because it didn't happen right away. You know, I had a year foundation working very hard on my program in AA. You know, I'm very active in AA to this day, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I had a year under my belt, and I'd really built a really good foundation prior to like my professional music career kind of yeah. taking off. You know, as far as that was concerned, so I was I was fine. You know, um,
2: that's really good.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a big part of my life. It's like at the top of the list because without that, none of this, I wouldn't even be talking to you guys.
2: Sure. And I also have heard you say the exact same thing that I've heard Steve-O say. You guys, when you talk about it, we'll get off to of this topic because I know you get asked about it a lot. No, but I,
3: I, I love it. I, this, I have no problems with this.
2: Too. Well, you and Steve-O said the same thing. And I found this very interesting because I've actually never really been a consumer of, of any of it. But you guys both right. said it's not the drinking... And it's not the drug use that's the problem. It's a byproduct of the problem. The problem is. is actually within, and you have to take inventory of what causes, you know, that to to occur, and then you kind of deal with that, and you know, spiritually or however people see fit to deal with it. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure you're a, a good example for people out there who want to kick it, but maybe are struggling to do so.
3: Yeah, you know, I really like Stevo. Um, I I don't I've never met him, but I I read his book and uh, I, I've seen some videos on him, and I just I kind I kind of you know I'm I'm like really into him, and I think that we would get along really well because yeah. of the sobriety thing. I think he's a cool dude, and yeah, um, I think he's a talented guy as well. You know, um, but uh, yeah, he's absolutely right. You know, it, it's uh, the disease is between your ears. It's yeah. your mind. You're you know? so true. You're, I'm different than my, th- like normal people walking the streets, you know, like when I, when I pick up, I, I just, I don't want to stop, you know? Yeah. And so that's the problem, you know, the drinking and using is a symptom of the problem, as you said, and, and there is a solution, you know, and it, and it is a, a spiritual program. and But it, all of that has to do with action and inventory and, mm-hmm. you know putting pen to paper and yeah. talking to somebody else and all kinds sure. of stuff, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but I mean, there is a solution and that's, that's what I hear, you know, and then you can have a great life. Well, plus you, plus
1: it you know, it kind of comes with the territory of being, you think it does anyway, you think it comes with the territory, you know, you grew up with sex, drugs and rock and roll, and then it becomes, your life in a way. And, um, yeah. and, I, and I think a lot of times people, and I, and I will speak from experience, a lot of people put things in their body because they don't like who they are and then they don't like who they become under, under those circumstances as well,
3: <laughs>
2: right?
1: you know, so it's a lot of self-hatred. It, so I think that when you yeah. r- arrive on the other side, when you've quit and you can look back and say, Hey, I did it all and I survived it and yeah. I'm good to go, you know? And yeah. I think that's where you are.
2: Yeah. It's very commendable. Yeah, man. You know, my journey with drugs and alcohol, like
3: for a while, it really worked for me and it was a lot of fun. And you know, then it just stopped working and it became very dark, you know, and I had to address it, you know, that's the way it worked for me. And, I got a nudge from the judge, I got arrested and then, you know, I got put in a program and and then the light bulb went off. Thank God, mm-hmm. you know, thank God I had that opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. I I jumped on it. I didn't get, you know, wreck my life too too bad, you know, and I could have an opportunity and I know some people, you know, don't don't get that opportunity super early in their their drinking and using careers, you All know, I right. mean
2: Right. You guys wouldn't diff- even
3: recognize me. I mean, at the end of my drinking and using, I was passing out twice a day. I had alcohol Ooh. poisoning. I had alcohol poisoning at one time where my my hands were like paralyzed wow. for a good a good like hour, and it was terrifying. And um, I didn't know what it was at the time. And you know, I was just saturated, and I and I just couldn't stop. You know, and so, um, anyways, I'm 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 really grateful. Well, you're we definitely too. an
0: inspiration for yes, for, for many see. for yes, many, yes. and
3: you know thank you.
0: I always look at buck cherry and and you know with you, you know you're the front man, you' got the moves, you got the look, you got the rock and roll tattoos, and I love the tape that you got that got going on there every it seems like everyone has their thing like you know either it's their nails painted or something, but and i always wondered why you do the the tape things around your fingers is that something that you just kind of adapted to
3: i don't know if you guys will like it but i'm a huge michael jackson fan you know love, uh, it, we're love good. it yeah yeah I, I listen i like um all kinds of music all genres of music um, i like to dance i used to go dancing with my sister uh, when i got a fake id when i was 17 and she would go dancing she's two and a half years older than me and And I would go to dance clubs and just have a blast. And then I would go to high school the next day and I'd be a little punk rock surfer kid. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I just like every aspect of music. Anyways, I got I got into Michael Jackson during that time and I just thought he was just so badass, you know, and then (laughs) I would just I would like analyze everything that he did, his whole setup his and he would tape his fingers and he he just had he had he had little uh, things that he would do, you know, to kind of what I call get you into state, become that person. And, you know, he was really into Fred Astaire and he, he looked like Fred Astaire when he danced sometimes, you know, and, um, and anyways, so cut to, I just taped my fingers one night cause I was inspired by him and I do it with mm. black tape. You know, I think he yeah. did it mainly with white with tape white and tape, stuff, yeah. but, uh, cool. Yeah. And, um, it just stuck and it became like my ritual and it became part of me. And, um, and i do it to this day i i like i feel weird if i don't do it you know
0: when you think of rock tandems you know you think of like maybe billy idol and stevie steves steven, steven stevens right steve, steve stevens. stevens yeah, yeah there you you go. Go. brian a johnson guy. angus young acdc and, and yes. you you know stevie d is your guitar player and you guys yeah. have been together for quite a while now he he's yeah. You know, he's he's your Robin, you know, and, and it's so cool. Stevie just... and
3: I know each other very intimately. You know, I, I met him when I was 19, way before Buck Cherry. Wow. And uh, he was uh, my roommate back in the day. We we got loaded together and we got sober, you know, like mm. um, he knows me very well and uh, I love him dearly. You know, even if we never, you know, did another song together, perform together again. You know, he's my boy. He's my buddy, mm. my best friend.
0: Now with Keith, Keith no longer in the band. At one point, he was your uh, your second hand man, and and your writer. Yeah. You know, um, I know that maybe you guys, you know, you seem to tour a lot. And I read where he just felt like he was exhausted. You know, and and you right. know, felt like he was maybe over touring or whatever. But you're kind of a a, a go getter. You know, you like to get out there and get it going, and and um, you like to work. You know, is that something that yeah. you know you figure? is maybe was the issue with that or
3: you know a lot of people dropped the over touring line with us it wasn't just keith and uh and then we would stop touring and they had this great plan to elevate our whole career and do all these things and they never did it and uh we went back to touring you know heavily because that's what we do and um yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I can't answer that for him. You know, All I know is that we had a good run for a little while and it just stopped working for a, a long time before he actually exited the band. And, um, it is what it is. And, you know, every time we've made, we made a lot of lineup changes prior to him leaving over the years. And it's always brought us to a new level and kind of made this band, uh, better, you know, and I feel like, uh, hellbound and volume 10 are definitely an example of that you know so we uh we just made some adjustments and Buckcherry lives on That's yeah all you can do
0: you know another another addition to the band was um when you got jet boy's guitar player which i, yeah. I loved jet boy yeah. um billy, <laughs> Rowe, <laughs> billy Rowe. billy Rowe. Yeah. Uh yes. tell me a little bit about him are you guys uh clicking very well
3: love him yeah, like the band is in the best place it's ever been. You know, Francis Ruiz, the drummer, who's been in the band now, I want to say it, going on five years or four years. Or he's a uh, he's tremendous guy and great player. And Kelly's been in the band for over seven years, and and Billy has already passed the two year mark with us. And wow. and uh, lovely guy, great player, um, great team player as well. Like he's just a and, he, and he's, you know, a great guy to tour with. He's good on the road. And, you know, what can you ask for? Um, uh, I remember, you know, Stevie kind of had a relationship with him, and I didn't really know him. And then Stevie kept saying, you know, this is the guy I'm telling you, you know, I want you to meet him. And and I said, all right, let's, you know, I was just so getting so kind of discouraged with, you know, the revolving door of guys. And, right. Um, so I said, Hey, l- let's just go to breakfast, you know, and let's just yeah. talk and, and just see, because ultimately you, you gotta be in close quarters with people, you know, that you get in a van and, and you guys spend a lot of time with them. And so basically live with them. You're not mm-hmm. just like, you don't just go to work and go home and, and that's it. You don't see them, you know, you, you mm-hmm. gotta live with them as well. And so, um, we went to breakfast and, and we just we just had a great time you know it was me stevie and billy and we just we talked about you know all all the stuff we'd done and music and and it was just a good time and that's it i didn't even watch him play or anything i just said uh, i'm good as long as you're good co-sign his uh his talent um i i like him as a person like so let, let's get on with it you you're, our you're so and, right
1: you're so right though you're gonna spend more time Hanging out with some other than playing music, you're going to spend way more time just like being with somebody or eating with them or traveling with them. So you're you're so right about Absolutely. that. Took it to that yeah. hour and a half or whatever it is on stage. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
2: You know.
1: Did he get his million
3: dollar advance though? <laughs> <laughs> no million dollar advance. I'm sorry
2: to say. Dang it. Uh, we want to we want to spend most of our time with you on the here and now and, and the exciting future that lies ahead for Buck Cherry. I do want to go back in time a little bit. I want to ask you about the the time. And I'll be honest with you. I started researching you to prepare for this interview, and mm. all of this time, I have thought, you know, Velvet Revolver. They should have gotten Josh Todd when when, when it didn't work out. Uh. with Scott Wyland. Well, I didn't know the backstory. I didn't know you were there before Scott was. And I want to just yeah, ask you. They're, they're,
3: my involvement was way before it was, they, they were getting a band together called Velvet Revolver. Right. I had Nothing to do with that.
2: Okay. But it, but it, I mean, yeah. it was a collaboration called the project or referred to as the project. And it sounds like it was really picking up steam and kind of just going along. And then all of a sudden it, it just came to a halt. Yeah. Was that pretty disappointing? It was, it
3: was, you know, I'll tell you the story real quick. And sure. Cause it, it was such a brief period of time in my life. You sure. Know, um, but uh, Keith and I were at home uh, just writing songs because three of the band members from Buckcherry had quit at, on separate occasions, and we were kind of like, ugh. And so we just, we hadn't been dropped from DreamWorks or anything. We were just writing songs and um, demos, and I don't know, I think Slash hit up Keith and said, hey, there's this there's this Randy Castillo benefit, you know, at the Key Club in L.A., and, you know, I if you guys want to get together, and, you know, it'd be... Uh, Slash Duff and Matt and Keith and I and we would go do cover songs and you know just show up and do this thing and we were like fuck yeah so we uh, we did some Buckcherry songs some G&R songs and, some, and a couple of Aerosmith songs and we just went there and, and rocked it you know and it was fun and yeah it was like it was like uh, being in a, a rock band again it was nice, nice. and mm-hmm. you know I, I, Steven Tyler got up and sang with us too it was cool and wow um, Anyway, anyways, there was a big buzz around this show. I think they called it Cherry uh, Roses or something. Yes. And then, and then uh, I was like, "Hey, why don't you call him up slash and see if these guys want to get in a room and start and, and write some songs or something? You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe we have something that uh, some chemistry." And he called him up, and he was like, "We were thinking the same thing." And so we all we all got together. We started rehearsing, we started kind of writing songs, you know, and then we were taking like management meetings and we were starting to talk about names and and it was still way early in the phase, but um, it was like about a month and then Slash just came in and pulled the plug, said he didn't want to do it. We we're just oh. like, "Okay."
2: Did you, you ever talk it. to him about it afterwards? Or you just let it go cuz obviously you've done fine without that project, but, but yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just frustrated because I felt like, hey, if you kind of know this, you know, don't keep showing up and, you sure. know, going, going through the through motions. The, the motions, that, that, yeah. that's the only thing that pissed me off was just wasting the time, you know, but, sure. uh, uh, he he knows that we had a good conversation, got to a good place uh, cool. later on and that
2: was it. That's great, man, Yeah, that's good.
0: So what's it like being a Grammy nominated, Yeah, you know, being nominated for a Grammy? Does it feel different? Did anything change for you? Or does everything stay the same?
3: I mean, it was very cool. And, you know, we got to dress up and go to the Grammys and we knew we were nominated. But, you know, the the category that we were nominated for was not televised, which sucked, you know. Right. but, uh, (laughs) But, you know, so you're sitting there and they just call it off real quick and that's it. And, you know we we had like one of the biggest rock songs like we got nominated twice you know and we got beat yeah. out by metallica one time and wolf mother by, on the other and uh so it was uh you know a little discouraging but you know we were happy to be there it was fun to dress up and go but that that was about the extent of it you know
0: yeah that's something i, I would love to uh achieve one day in my life but um, uh. you know may, maybe in the next life <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's definitely
3: cool, for sure. So
2: we are on live. I do want to read uh, a couple of uh, viewer comments on here. Um, people are really digging the interview. Uh, let's see. We've got Tina Lynn Farmer. She says she appreciates how transparent you are. I would certainly agree with that. Now, Timothy Hughes is asking something, and we definitely want to ask, because I think this is a big passion of yours. Ask him when he wants to go fishing at lake fork in texas you are a big fisherman let's are you go know
3: <laughs> let's go uh, listen i i love i love largemouth bass fish, fishing that's um one of my passions i really love it you know and if he's got a fish finder and he knows where to go i mean when you fish when you fish bigger lakes you really got to have like a local who knows the lake and knows where to go or you just you know you get skunked but um yeah yeah i would i would love that you know i'll tell you what i do my little trick on the road i have i have my poles with me on the road all the time and on my days off i go fishing you know um by myself i just i find little places and i have to find it by the hotel and you know we have a we have a group text a band text with our tour manager and our and all the band and uh so whenever I catch a fish, I always show a picture. I catch mm. and release too, you know. And so that's cool. Um, any, anyways, what I do is my thing is I go onto golf courses. There's there's like ah. golf courses. Golf courses have like really great little ponds, and and you can always you can always catch fish. And but they don't want you on the golf course, so right. I can't even tell you how many times I've gotten kicked off. The golf course fishing. You, gotta, you, you, know, you it's almost so got to wear like a
0: cage suit, right?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I, mean, I get all fucking golf balls. Go so, I'm all covert. I got camouflage on, and it, it, I look. I look. I look ridiculous. You know? Dude, you, you <laughs> got to yeah.
2: pull the "Don't you know who I am?" card on those people, right? <laughs> no, I don't.
3: I don't do any of that. Like, or just, dress. Or dress like know. a golfer. Yeah. I, I try to talk. I try. I, I try, Usually, they're cool. Like when you when you usually if you're just like. You just roll up and you don't get in their way and you and fish and they don't they don't bother you you know but occasionally you get kicked out but um yeah i just i just walk off you know what my older brother
1: made a lot of money in those ponds in california he used to to jump in them for the golf balls and sell the golf balls (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
3: yeah they do that i've gotten some big ass bass in those things wow
1: that's that's so you wouldn't think on a golf course that there would be big ass fish in the ponds you know what i mean
3: apparently yeah they're, they're there. there and 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 it's not fished a lot so they they really bite on anything man it's it's really wow. cool
0: they're, they're full of golf balls right <laughs> yeah they are actually so, <laughs> t- tell me a little bit about your your social media activity um do you do a lot of social media do you spend a lot of time um on facebook a, and not, twitter
3: and all that not at all you want to know something let me know. i have never never in my lifetime been on facebook except wow you know while cherry's been on it i've never been on it personally and wow. i don't even i only go on there to do like facebook live or to do any kind of promotion that you know they want me to do you know because i have to be very careful with social media because it's it's very toxic for me yes. you know um not not to put it down or anything people who are into it i don't know i just i have to take it in very small doses um it feels like a uh, high school all over again, you know, and I don't 100%. like that, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I, have my own, um, personal Instagram account, but I, um, I limit social media five to 10 minutes a day.
2: Good for you. God, I wish wow. more of that us. Takes that takes some discipline. No kidding. And you're right. All you're missing are like political arguments and then people posting selfies. You're really not missing a ton. Yeah. So good and, for you. And I,
3: I stopped, I stopped watching the news. Like, three years ago yeah. I did this experiment and and it's really been amazing you know
2: yeah sure. yeah I stopped watching it uh I I used to be immersed in it and it greatly impacted my life negatively and I got away from it and I feel more free so uh yeah, you know, it's cool I checked the weather that's about in sports that's about all I need
1: Josh you got any memories of Tulsa coming to Tulsa at all IDL ballroom
3: uh listen all my relatives i have so many memories of oklahoma you know really? um and and my tour manager lives in tulsa i've been to tulsa many times um are we talking i'll
1: uh, be talking about russell law or he, russell he's a law yeah wow. i know i know him very well
3: awesome russell law the third actually okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah hello he's a great
0: guy i love russell yeah, he's a good yeah. dude one of our
1: sponsors russell, uh,
3: Russell one, is an amazing human
0: being. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Lovely, one of, lovely guy. Very talented as well.
2: Yes. Yeah. So I agree.
0: One of our sponsors is uh Doug Burgess uh with uh DB Concerts and he yep. brought you guys not too long ago, a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, to the IDL ballroom.
3: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, was yeah. a good time. Um, yeah, I mean that that's uh you know, Oklahoma in general is uh very close to my heart. You know, I spent a lot of summers there a lot of christmases there when i was a kid you know with my grandfather in a small town called helena oklahoma sure uh, wow yeah uh, we would have very traditional christmases and he was a very stable human being in my life my, my grandparents and i'm super grateful for that
0: well, you'll be coming to rocklahoma as well
2: yeah let's put let's this go. up well, let's go, let's go. Oh, oklahoma, baby. Let, we're talking about oklahoma we're talking about buck cherry touring and check it out guys you're going to have two chances this year to see them in oklahoma friday june 16th i think it's pronounced hoka Town saloon maybe Hochatown i don't know in broken bow oklahoma and then like we're talking about sunday september 3rd Rocklahoma, you guys are paired up with some killer bands that day out there. That's going to be a great day. So people yeah, need to make are. sure. Check hey, that if you out. want some
1: good advice or something to do when you come to Tulsa, go check out the o- Outsiders House.
2: Oh, totally.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Danny Boy O'Connor from yeah. House of Pain owns it. Yeah, right.
2: We ran into him. Dude, it's badass. Such a cool dude. It's
1: that,
0: a it's, a, it's a, a cool, cool museum. That's kind yeah. of something you yeah. like to do on the side. Um, other things you like to listen to besides rock and roll. You, you're you're kind of a hip hop guy, right?
3: I love hip hop. Yeah, um, N.W.A., and, Ice Cubes, yeah. things stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, that's like all the old school shit I mm-hmm. grew up on. But I listen to new hip hop too, and I like I listen to a lot of pop music too.
2: I got to read you one more viewer comment. We have Norman Voss in here. He plays bass for the Brett Michaels band. He says, right. Buck, Buck Cherry is the best and hardest working touring band around. They never stop. Can't wait for the new album. <laughs> that's right awesome. On, right oh, on. That's, that's kick man. ass. Hey, Very man, bef- nice. before we wrap this up and let you go get your suitcase all finished uh, packing that guy, let's let's pull this up. Tell us about this little guy. Is this Lion? That's my baby. Tell us oh, about
3: your baby. Dog.
2: What's the story behind yeah. Lion?
3: The story behind Lion is he has one blue eye and one brown eye and um we we wanted a new dog and we were into King Charles Cavaliers that's what he is and Aww. nobody was liking him on this breeder's website and we were like this dog is amazing like <laughs> and so uh you know we wanted him so we got him and he's been mm. just amazing I don't know where he's at he's in my house
2: somewhere we but, were um, hoping he might be sitting on your lap tonight but maybe Yeah he know.
3: usually is he's with uh. my son right now but he's a uh, He's um such a lovely addition to this family and uh Great. has been amazing. He's over 2 years old now. So awesome awesome dog. Right
2: on. I just have one more quick question for you because this fascinates me. The three of us we we play music too and I I don't know how you do this but I, re- I read a story where you don't drink water during your performance
0: that was the headline wasn't Dude, it I josh todd doesn't drink water i mean
2: it's <laughs> I, I i totally get what you're saying i i guess maybe it kind of locks up your throat i don't know but you have to tell me how you recover from that are you just pounding gatorades for three hours afterward or no, what you-
3: i'll tell you how i got there i've done it all the wrong way that's how i get to these places with my vocal technique and everything and it just works for me every vocalist has their own like little thing that they do and that works for them. And that's what works for me. But I mean, back in the day, I used to not do that. I would take a sip of water after every song, you know, nervous. I was just like, it was a nervous habit, you know? And, um, and, uh, so then cut to, I'm like watching, uh, Steve Perry, um, sing a journey set. Like I just was watching a video of him Mm -hmm. of uh, some old live footage what a fucking singer he was. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. You and, he never anyways, he never
1: went off key or anything, man. He was so amazing. Man,
3: he had some fucking pipes, man. And Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm so I'm just, you know, I'm I'm a student of the game. I'm always trying to find something new that I can apply that's going to that's going to make my life easier or whatever, especially the older you get. And so um Anyways, I was watching his vocal technique and he's just singing his ass off and then he going to the next song and then the next song. I'm like, this motherfucker is not drinking <laughs> any water. Like, well, I don't see him take a he's not taking a sip. Hmm. So I started like trying that at home, you know, without any people in front of me, just to see what that felt like, you know. And I and I felt like more flexible. Wow. I didn't feel like I had to reset. Every time I would drink water, it would take me till like the the second verse of the next song to like start huh. feeling loose again, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I know you're not supposed to drink any cold beverages, uh, when you're singing as well, you know? And so right. I never, I stopped doing that. And anyways, I, I stopped drinking water and, uh, it really was, um, good for me. And, hmm. uh, so I, what I do is I really hydrate, prior to the show and then gotcha. I don't drink water okay oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: you need to hydrate cuz summers right around the yeah corner. and I'm, do- I'm yeah. totally
2: doing it wrong because you know I I do I break up my flow and I do the drinks then I get so dehydrated after the show I end up getting chills that night and I'll sleep <laughs> with a jacket on I'm like man this is not the right way to do this so I'm well to-
3: you gotta hydrate after the shows you know for sure yeah. I mean you're yeah. putting a lot out there but um right you know uh the vocal folds you know you spin you you do vocal scales before you get on stage you know so you're you're stretching yeah. them you're getting them ready to put them through uh, a, a show and then you do the show and the last thing you want to do is like splash you know sure a cold beverage a cold beverage on on it it's the same principle as like you know warming up your muscles to to go do a workout or whatever you, yeah. you don't want to like you know just splash something cold on your body yeah.
2: absolutely well
0: in 10 days the new album Buck Cherry volume 10 will be dropping what, June 2nd and yes, That's you got right. a lot of cool tunes on this album I want I want to know I want to hear your your thoughts and how you recorded Feels Like Love and Pain those seems to be the two songs that you haven't been you haven't released yet but are some songs a lot of people are talking about
3: Yeah, they're really great songs Um, and great for the set. We've done them live a couple of times and it's such a moment, you know, um, we based like feels like love after Def Leppard's hysteria, you know, that I was really, I'm really crazy about that song. I, I'm obsessed with that song and you know, I've had, ai have I've had a lot of moments to that song. So I'm like, you know, so Marty and Stevie were in the, in the studio and I finished singing one song and I came out of the control booth and I said, all right, I want Buck Cherry's Hysteria, that's what I want. And they're like, okay, great. And then I left and uh, <laughs> three hours later, they send me this amazing musical composition and and um, I started writing, you know, and I had I had a melody and I'm writing and, and then Marty sent me a melody that he, he's like, I came up with this melody I kind of like and he just sang it on like a voice note and sent it to me and I'm like, damn. Mm. this one's better than mine i like this and and so i started writing over his melody and um it just popped and i got a studio the next day and sang that thing and it was just amazing such an amazing moment you know we all had with that song and then um and then pain is like a kind of a longer story um i'll try to do the condensed version but like when we first got to nashville to do the songwriting session with marty and you know stevie and i went there and Marty had a piano in his house. And I said, uh, I said, Hey, where'd you get that? He goes, I just got that thing. And I said, I I would like, I would like a piano track, you know, and do maybe just a hidden track on the record, just piano and vocal. Uh, That would be cool. And he goes, and I go make it the saddest song you can come up with. And he goes, Mm. okay. And then we just didn't talk about it. And and right at the end, he's like, after I sang Feels Like Love, uh, after I finished recording it, He goes, hey, I got something for, uh, you know, I got something for that piano song. And I go, okay. And I listened to it, and I'm like, damn, this is great. But I was just so tired. Uh, Mm. I had written so many songs. And I I was going to just put it on the back burner till the next morning. And um, I just remember I was just tossing and turning, and I had that song. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm writing it right now. And Mm. it's just, it's pretty... uh, it's pretty personal to me, you know, it's kind of about, uh, the inner, some inner voices that I don't really talk about with other people and, um, and what goes on with me, you know, like the committee between my ears and, and the things that are said to me when I wake up in the morning, defeating thoughts and all those kinds of things that I have to overcome, you know, every day. And, uh, you know I think everybody deals with um, pain in their life yes. and so I think a lot of people will have to will relate to the song you know and, and that's what gets us to new levels and and all of that unfortunately you know sometimes pain is the motivator
2: certainly okay. and everybody so, so will
1: cool. find their own meaning to the song too which makes music so great you know, know what I mean pain for that's this reason I or, or, yeah me too yeah. man let yeah. me ask you one thing before we get out of here I don't know how much longer we got. Now we need to wrap it I'm up. a weird guy and I walk around and I change like the first two letters of, of words and you know, like take bitties. Right. Now is Buck Cherry as simple as somebody said Chuck Berry and somebody said and reversed the letters and said Buck Cherry? Nope.
3: It, it's kind of that way. I mean, it, it was a two part thing. You know, uh, there was a, a transvesti, transgender, I don't know what you would call him at mm-hmm. this point in time, but, uh, way back in the day, used to bum cigarettes off cigarette, uh, off Keith and it's and his name was buck cherry and um wow and we didn't think much of it our band was called sparrow before when we got signed mm-hmm. you know it was the the finch of the songbirds you know and mm-hmm. and that was that was our uh, our name and uh we had to change it because there was a christian rock label called sparrow records and they That's had the right. copyright and so
1: oh, wow That's
3: yeah right. so so we had to change our name when we were making our first record and we couldn't decide on a name it became this like big the point of contention and we are always fighting over it. We bring in lists and nobody could agree on anything. And, and then, you know, Keith's like, Hey man, I'm reading this book on Chuck Berry's life. And he's got this quote that says, uh, record labels will try to make you do all kinds of things. You don't want to do like turn your name upside down, like Buck Cherry. And there's something like that to that nature. But Buck Cherry came up again. We're like, there it is again. That's how, you know, we just wanted <laughs> nice. a name that we wanted a name that was like hooky and kind of yeah. easy to remember. And, yeah. uh, so that that was it, we went with it.
2: And I like it that you made it one word and not two. It's very it's very cool, it looks good yeah, yeah. to the eye. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. really Thank dig uh,
0: Josh Todd in the conflict. I think that was a really cool video. I, I watched that yeah. the other day with the cops just coming Yeah, great in. But, record,
3: great yeah. record, Year of the Tiger. You,
0: you, you plan on doing any more of that? Coming?
3: Uh, if I ever get the time, maybe, you know, and there's a demand for that, then uh, for sure, you know, but we'll see, see what oh, happens. Cool.
2: We need to let you go. I know, Like I said, I know you're on a media media frenzy these days and get ready for this big tour. We want to wish you all the best. Let's put this up one more time. Absolutely. Everybody needs to go to BuckCherry.com. Pre-order volume 10. It drops June 2nd. It's phenomenal. The stuff we've heard off of it is amazing. It's rock
1: and roll, man. Go
2: to BuckCherry.com, and you can see all their tour dates. Like, this is just the very first little batch of them, and they, these guys are getting it going this Friday in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Like I said before, catch them here in Oklahoma for those of us that are watching those for those of you that are watching locally catch at broken bow on friday june 16th at hoketown saloon and then sunday september 3rd at rocklahoma josh todd we thank you so much for your time tonight it's been a true pleasure we'll see you out there on the road before
0: you go let's hear a let's go
2: give us one
3: let's go (laughs) much love man thank Thank you so much thank you you for your time Uh, see you
2: guys see you good good interview thank you thanks buddy bye-bye all right such a cool dude yeah that and was fun
0: that was cool he's
1: it's a great. good interview too yeah he oh, did
2: i love that uh, we we were you know we we're doing a lot of prep and uh, our buddy clint switzer had interviewed him as well at the tail end he said he told clint thanks for doing your homework I, it means a lot to these guys that that you show up and know what you're talking about and uh, I, personally i would be embarrassed to to walk into one of these uh, ill-prepared, so I hope we never come across that way to an artist. You
1: guys are always prepared. I'm the guy that walks in with nothing and and I'm the color commentary guy.
2: You're the wingman. Well, you know, the I, winger I, You know, man. what am I
1: going to write down the same questions you guys write down? No, it's, Mine more different than mine. You guys a, live together. You can collaborate. We don't. I'm at, I do. Don't you at, lie? I to do, me. do mine at work. We do don't you? even
2: talk about it. To be honest, well, that's a lie. That's not true. We talk about uh, it a little. But you we're, know what's
1: funny though? Here's something funny. So Scott and you guys, you guys watched all these kicks things before the interview. I went home after the
0: interview. <sighs>
2: And, and, watch and put
0: a bunch of stuff. Yeah.
2: So the next time we have Ronnie on, you'll be ready to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just keep, just
2: keep
0: and you it. know, be, before they they get here to for Rocklahoma, they'll be in Dallas, uh, Buck Cherry. Yeah. Uh, August thirty first there in Dallas. So cool. if you guys are you know want to go on a little adventure, a little rock concert adventure, go check them out in Dallas. August 31st. You know
2: what, Scott? I think, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the start of the second leg of the Gangs All Here Tour. I I think that's when they resume Oh, sweet. What a killer, killer uh, combo. I think that's a great combo. And And we
0: didn't even get to talk to him much about Skid Row, but...
2: No, but you know what, he's in Buckchairs. Yeah, that's what so I was gonna say, he's not in
0: Skid
1: Row. It's all
2: good. <laughs> Let's. good. Uh, sorry guys, we didn't go to the fan chat. And also, hey, I didn't put him on full screen very much because I felt like it was making him uncomfortable. Cause he, cause when I switched to it, he said, did I lose you guys? So
0: it's cause he didn't know the format. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. No, it was You told him he could have had him there the whole time.
2: I, I put it up a few times, but I just didn't want to, I wanted him to be very comfortable. And I think he, he was very
0: engaging and very
1: cool. So, so we sure appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Will. Will Ashworth says great interview guys. What a super cool dude.
2: He's in from YouTube. I love it that will watches on YouTube, Timothy Hughes. I will be at the Dallas show, Melanie Hall.
1: Todd Autry, thank you for watching on YouTube. Bro.
2: Yeah, Oh, that's wonderful. All you guys, uh, Sarah Stone, love, love. He is a really cool guy. Very nice interview. Uh, thank you so much. Like man. Sarah Stone. Uh, all you guys in here, thank you for, for being part of the chat. And, uh, man.
0: That's funny. You know, some of the things I would say, he just laughed, you know. The yeah. <laughs> sleazy rock and roll. He thing. liked that.
2: I, th- <laughs> I think that made him very pleased. But, yeah. you know, they are definitely good right, time so what, rock and roll. I,
0: and I loved his... Uh, his co- his comeback, you know, about the, you know, writing songs, you know, about alcohol and, and drugs, uh, cocaine. He's like, yeah, fuck them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know how many people, I mean, his addiction period was age 13 to 23 and then it's just, it got out of his system and he was done. That's pretty amazing. Really? He, uh, I didn't want to get too into it just cause we had other stuff to talk about, but I believe he said in other interviews, he comes from a broken home. So you know, I'm sure a lot of that, those struggles lead to addiction issues sometimes, and we're glad that he's so healthy. And I still can't believe Kevin he
0: Aggie says, "Shout out Josie Scott."
2: Hey, sure. Is yeah, he here? Shout out right there. Oh, oh, um, yeah. Uh, Thanks, but yeah, God. I still can't believe that he doesn't drink water. I, I mean, that's crazy. I couldn't do it. You know, it. I, I get die. that.
0: I get it because, do you? Well, yeah, I do. I don't have time because I don't want to have a nervous. Uh, when i when i do this i have a nervous thing i i and i i always see myself taking a drink a lot of times I'm I just like oh, this looks, looks so it so looks shitty silly. so unprofessional you know
2: what people gotta
0: hydrate. people are thirsty
2: people gotta hydrate man i'm but not...
0: i totally get it like you know you kind of do it before and then and then afterwards and this let... so
1: would it be okay for like if i was like you know, instead of water, what if I had snacks on stage and between songs, that, like a snack bowl and I had a little candy bar, like, little you know, Chex Mix, mini candy bars Chex and stuff mix. like that. Just Gold. reach over into the bowl and get it out and eat it between songs. I will give
2: you $100 <laughs> if you do that at your next show. Oh, I'm going to do it. Pull a little goldfish out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me some, uh, some wheat thins and some cheese.
2: Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's going to be well, good. we're missing Teresa yeah. tonight but she heard the day job called and and uh, we just want to give her a shout yeah, out.
0: And, and once again, guys, we are... Like 29 subscribes, ers, (laughs) left to go for YouTube. We only need 29 more. We need you you to share. What
2: would Josh Todd say, Scott? Let's Let's go go. subscribe. Yeah, we need 29
0: more, and then that will get us to 500 on YouTube. And always, as always, hit the notification bell. uh, Share our Facebook and our tweets and our Twitter. Page and our you know, Twitch and our Twitches because and,
2: I'm because we spend more than five to ten. Yeah, and, and of course
0: we're on podcasts uh, right. uh, platforms like Spotify, our iHeart. I hate the way it's spelled.
2: Right I heart there. If it's they get like started, our, I
0: heat. listen. If they get started this weekend, they could watch all eighty two episodes.
1: Oh
2: my god, please don't. Yeah.
0: Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. Let's go
2: let's go let's do it let's talk about the sponsors shipmanphotos.com your branding done right do you guys need new photos of your band your business your chicken hat or a chicken hutch what do you uh, call that chicken hutch well i mean hook whatever. a town hook it i don't know what i'm trying to say if you need pictures of anything as long as it's appropriate go to shipmanphotos.com they get your branding done right Dustin Little at Okie PC. Do you have IT needs? I do right now. As a matter of fact, get a hold of him 918-640-892. zero eight nine two. D E B concerts, like we were talking about, it's going to be a slammin' good time at the D and B Processing Stage at Rocklahoma. Go visit Doug Burgess and friends over there at Rocklahoma. You're going to have a great time. Do you guys need T-shirts for yes. your band? Do you need hoodies for your band or your yes. business? Well, it's summertime. Or so. your podcast. Go to Identity Merch. Todd Cook will hook you up. Get some Tulsa Music Stream swag at our Facebook page, Psychomo Filmworks. He can do a, a video for your band. I mean, we have all of the hookups you need. And they're
1: all good guys, too. They
2: are. They're good people. Let's talk about what we got coming up Monday, June twelfth, seven PM Central. Mick Sweeta, formerly of the Bullet Boys, will be on Smooth with the he does that every freaking time I swear and then Monday June 26 Lisa Jackson and Clint Switzer will be on with us What do you what else you guys got? Well, um, you
0: got it, Scott. I really don't have much other than I, I'm looking forward to Mick Sweeta, you know, because not only was he in Bullet Boys, but he was a guitar player in King Cobra, King Cobra right. And, you know, mm. that was with uh, Johnny Rod, Johnny Rod, who went Carmine. who went later on to with Wasp mm-hmm. and they had Carmine Apice, yeah. who was the drummer for and Ozzy. And I think and, actually
1: one of the persons that was in the band now is a woman. Uh, yeah,
0: it was Mark Free and then Marcy. Marcy. Marcy Free. That's right. That's that's it. That was, you know, yeah and and the uh see the other guitar player was michael michael phillips some james michael phillips or something like that he ended up uh being in uh a guitar player in many different bands uh big cock is one of them whoa rock um, Rocklahoma. this is a children's show by the way <laughs> wow and um he also played i think as a set with a uh, icon and many others so check check them out um Mick Swita interview is gonna be amazing. There's a lot yeah. to talk about. Um it, it's it's already have a mountain full of questions and it's just gonna get bigger from here.
2: Scott, you are quite the encyclopedia when it comes to like eighties rock. You know,
0: when wow. we started this thing and I, I was always so full of knowledge of all of this useless knowledge for some reason. This was my outpour. This is how I could like finally use it. Use all that built up knowledge. Wow
2: it's this this
0: was my gateway
2: i wish i had built up knowledge but
0: anyway donald kirk hey says hey nine hey look
2: there hey Donald donald kirk Oh, family in the house. Yeah. Sarah
0: Stone, have you
1: read all these? Uh, uh, not so. out loud. Well, Sarah says we can, um, when you drink more water, you potty more. Uh, you... Potty breaks and can get. Okay, yeah, you get dehydrated, especially when it gets hot
0: out.
2: Boy, she's not lying. Yeah. That's really very true. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Well, thank you guys so much, and we really appreciate you. Uh, join us Monday, June 12th for Sweeta, and we'll see you guys soon.
2: Have a great night. Thanks for watching Tulsa Music Stream. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.